music with me Famous scenes with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, popcorn is on me Welcome to Meet Me in the Movies, uh, Noel T. Manning II here, spending time with you because I love you. I really do. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Not even Thomas Manning, right here to my right, spending time with that Ferris Bueller quote on his shirt. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, you are watching Meet Me in the Movies on C19 TV. And if you're listening to us through radio or the podcast through WGWG, we thank you as well. Thomas, how are you, man? Oh, I'm always delighted to be here. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, shows, not, man. not necessarily with you, but, you know, just <laughs> yeah, delighted to be here. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, and no matter how you're delighted, we appreciate the delightfulness that you share with our viewers. Uh, well, we did get non-viewer mail. Speaking of viewers and non-viewers, non-viewer mail, uh, this came to us actually last week. And a couple weeks ago, Thomas, you and I reviewed Snake Eyes, two different versions, the Nicolas Cage version uh, and the Henry Golden version. Uh, the non-viewer mail came from Chester from Boiling Springs, and it said, Dear Meet Me at the Movie Crew, I really appreciate your show. Uh, truly loved that you reviewed Snake Eyes, both versions, but there was a problem with the Henry Golden version. The footage you were showing was not even Henry Golden at all. Help, please. Chester from Boiling Springs. Uh, Chester, our response is you are absolutely correct. Uh, Thomas, the R&D guy that you hired, uh, I don't think is working for us anymore, but he researched and had footage that was not for the Snake Eyes movie, but it was Snake Eyes from another from G.I. one of the G.I. Joe movies. Yeah. And then what was the, the giveaway? Was that you had Storm Shadow in there as well <laughs> yeah. and his white I armor? So. And I think so. That yeah. was, uh, didn't quite line up with the Snake Eyes film right. that we and, saw. And, yeah, so. and some of those clips were not even clips from that movie. But, hey, if you want to go back, Chester, if you want to go back and watch the other G.I. Joe movie with Snake Eyes in it before the Snake Eyes origin, you're welcome to do that, and you'll find that footage does line up with that movie. So thank you so much. And to that R&D guy, I hope you found another job uh, because um, Thomas fired you. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for non-viewer mail. You can always send that to us, info at c19.tv. Well, Thomas, uh, there is, uh, well, look at that. Nikki Bliss Carroll is helping us to run the show today. And uh, typical that she is working on that makeup. And she loves to work on makeup. And uh, so we were appreciating Nikki Bliss Carroll helping us uh, there at Mission uh, Control to keep things moving. Uh, there is a movie you and I both got a chance to check out. And we'll let the viewers know, uh, and also our listeners, right away that Thomas is going to pretty much dominate the show today because I haven't seen a whole lot. But, but Thomas has seen pretty much everything. But Suicide Squad is one that he and I both got a chance to see. I'm sorry, this is the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's version of this. Uh, and if you, if you don't know James Gunn, take a look at some of his work. He's loved doing superhero kind of things for quite a while. Uh, we, we know him in the past few years of being connected to Guardians of the Galaxy. But he's, he's loved superheroes, and he's done some pretty quirky superhero kind of films. So this kind of seemed right up his alley when he was uh, confirmed as coming in as director. Let's get your thoughts on this, and I'll share mine 
as well. Oh yeah, he's the rare director now who has ventured into both major comic book universes on the film on the big screen with Marvel Cinematic Universe. You mentioned he directed both Guardians of the Galaxy films, which I was a massive fan of, you were a massive fan of. Now he is with the Suicide Squad in the DC Extended Universe, which isn't necessarily a sequel to the 2016 Suicide Squad. The only similarities, you do have a few returning cast right. members, a few returning characters, but Really, you don't have to have any prior knowledge of that film at all to enjoy and appreciate just the just the glorious zany ride this film is. Absolutely, yeah. This is one of those films that I think uh, James Gunn is brilliant at ensemble-driven films like this one. I could not stop laughing, uh, and this is a, a heavy R-rated film. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that right up front. This is not for the kids. Uh, giving that R rating allowed James Gunn free reign uh, in dialogue uh, and uh, and some of the bloody nature of some of the deaths. Yeah, yeah, but it's not the type of gory goriness that will just turn any viewers off that are even just somewhat squeamish viewers. Uh, I think, you know, I think your wife, my mom, could watch this. I think she could enjoy it and appreciate it, even though she is quite squeamish with some gore. But this, it's a cartoonish type. It's not a kind that makes you just want to look away from the screen. From the screen, the practical effects are really impressive. Um, that's something that I appreciated a lot, and uh, it's one that very much feels like a comic book translated into live action. Yeah, tons of over-the-top action, and I, I use that word over-the-top, almost bordering parody. And and so when you're when you do that, uh, you can get away with a, a little bit more. So I think the cartoonish aspect of what you were saying, relating to the violence, uh, w was really really well. Now the language. Uh, you're not going to hear this kind of language in Sunday school, any Sunday school, unless it's Sunday school that uh, Greg Tillman uh, goes to uh, and, and leads uh, the lessons in. So the, the language is pretty harsh, uh, R-rated language, as we said before, but there is like tons of chaos and a fun way in this movie mayhem. Uh, swarms of rats. So if, if, you, if rats bother you, just be aware. There is a talking shark, uh, which I loved. Sylvester uh, Stallone is the talking shark. <laughs> which was awesomely yeah. perfect. Uh, there's an odd assortment of metahumans that we see. And I say odd. I mean, there's, there's actually uh, a character called TDK, the detachable kid, <laughs> and his arms detach. And that's how... Nathan, that's, his, that's Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. That's our guy. Uh, and that's, that's where his uh, superhero powers uh, come together. And then there's also this Stay puff Marshmallow-sized... Starfish alien that's walking around kind of like Godzilla uh, and that's all wrapped up into a story and also characters there's a lot of heart in this film Thomas. Oh certainly and I think you'll find that in any James Gunn film he likes to explore what it's like to bring ragtag ragtag team of characters together and characters who are definitely flawed and messy and have some questionable backgrounds and just really dig in to you know what is at their heart and soul are they can they be good people can they do good things even though they, they've made mistakes in the past and um, of course the suicide squad these are definitely criminals and villains uh, they're probably they probably have a bit more of a dark background compared to the guardians of the galaxy characters but still what he digs into with their um, you know just what makes him tick yeah it's a really beautiful thing to see yeah and you get you get backstories uh, of these characters and sometimes the backstory is told over a couple of sentences or even just a paragraph of dialogue, but yet it really gives you insight uh, in, into who they are. Uh, um, Idris Elba, or Idris Elba, depending on who you're speaking with, uh, I say Idris, you say Idris, uh, we'll, we'll let you make the call. Perfect casting, uh, and, and it was really his story 
that drove this. Uh, Harley Quinn, uh, played by Margot Robbie, she just continues to shine uh, in these uh, in these films uh, and uh, in the spinoff films yeah. as well. Uh, she has an escape scene that is simply marvelous to watch on so many different ways uh, and different levels. Loved Margot Robbie and, and Harley Quinn yeah. as well. Yeah, a couple other supporting memories. You have uh, David Dasta Melchion, I believe is how you pronounce <laughs> the name. He plays Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, who James Gunn actually chose Polka Dot Man, the character Polka Dot Man for this movie. When he Googled who is like the dumbest DC <laughs> Comics character. And what do you develop with, um, you know, Polka Dot Man yes. was actually really, really beautiful character. Yes. And um, he got some really great moments to shine. Um, also in here you have uh, Daniela Melcior as Ratcatcher 2. Her father was Ratcatcher 1. Uh, you know, he, Played by? Taika Waititi in Taika a cameo. Waititi. That's our man. <laughs> and, um, you know, her story, she has a really interesting kind of father-daughter story that, uh, you know, passes down. Yeah through the, you know, even through the generations, even though her father is not with us anymore, just his legacy and that he's in her heart. That's a really interesting thing that they did with her character as well. Yeah, glad I got a chance to see this movie and it lived up to the expectations I had uh, with James Gunn uh, at, at the wheel. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the soundtrack starts, I mean, it's a gun film. Yes. Um, starts out with Johnny Cash in the opening frame, so you know you're in for a good time, so. Yeah, and, and, and this is a movie that um, I, the length felt perfect to me, but I could have taken more of it. Yeah. It, it was it was that enjoyable and that engaging, pretty much uh, throughout. What any yeah. final comments? Oh uh, yes, yeah, right at two hours and fourteen minutes. And actually, one of the editors on this film, Fred Raskin, has worked with Tarantino on uh, his last three films. So uh, he definitely knows how to how to work on pacing well, and uh, this was paced very well. All right, Thomas. Uh, so, what is your rating for this film? Solid B plus for the Suicide Squad. B plus for Thomas, right here on. Uh, meet me at the movies for the Suicide Squad. I'm giving it an A minus, so we're pretty dang close on that. Just remember, uh, this is not for the kids, even though it's a comic book driven film. This is for adults and R rated uh, The Suicide Squad, but uh, well worth checking out if you know what you're getting into. Uh, now, there is a film, Thomas, that is a thinking person's film that's a bit different. Not that you don't have to think when you're doing uh, Suicide Squad, but this one is really uh, the kind of film that Douglas Davidson and his philosophy degrees would come in handy. It's called Nine Days. Yes, yeah, so this was uh, originally had its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival back at the beginning of 2020. Here we are, um, you know, over a year and a half later, and it's finally getting a theatrical release via Sony Pictures Classics. And the director, Edson Oda, it was his first feature film. Uh, he had a background in directing commercials uh, for companies like uh, Whirlpool, Honda, Johnson & Johnson, and Nokia. Uh, but he was able to get a $10 million budget for this film. And honestly, when I first watched it, I thought they made it for like less than a million. I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the expenses went toward casting because yes. you have an absolutely brilliant cast with Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Benedict Wong, uh, Tony Hale, and Bill Skarsgård. Uh, but it's just basically a single location film. There's one set, and um, it really digs in to such complex and uh, just transcendent themes um, just about life in general. Um, you know, what is life? Um, what is our meaning? Yes. Um, what are we supposed to take out of each and every day in each and every moment? Yeah, and very much the kind of conversations you and I have on a daily basis. We get up in the morning, when we talk to each other, we talk about life it. and its purpose and its meaning. And yes, um, th this movie does just that. Edson um, Oda, as you mentioned, 
Uh, he wrote this film as well in his debut as director. Yeah. I think he's going to be continue to be talked about, and when we get to year-end awards, I think we're going to see uh, when you recognize, you know, first out at bat kind of thing. I think he's going to get some recognition. Winston Duke, as you mentioned, I think he was hypnotic. Uh, for me, he was the foundation of the story mm -hmm. yeah. that held it together, and and he was just captivating uh, as I watched his. I, I found the movie to be creative. Thought it was inspiring. Uh, it was a moving film, uh, really about not just life, but also the directions we choose to take in life as well. And I and I love that. It's a thinking person story. Yeah. And uh, so so know that going in, uh, just like we told you about with Suicide Squad, know what you're getting in for. This is a film that's not going to be for everybody, but if you want to think uh, and 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 maybe look uh, inside yourself, this might be one for you. The performances across the board were really solid. Uh, as well. Yeah, and you mentioned Winston Duke. His character was actually inspired by Edson Oda's uncle who um, tragically uh, died of suicide uh, back when Edson Oda was younger and um, he he really was inspired to um, really dig into um, researching mental, mental illness and mental health and just how important it is to see how people are really doing and um, he what he made with this film was you could tell certainly a passion project a lot of a lot of heart went into it and um, he it came from you know really kind of a dark place but he turned something really beautiful out of that yeah I, I think every summer you and I have, have talked about films that fly under the radar that are those films that we're gonna remember and and continue to think about and this is one of those that when you leave it days after maybe weeks after you might find yourself thinking back to aspects of the film Nine Days. Yeah, yeah, and um, Zazie Beetz, I love what they did with her character. Uh, she's pretty much the one who asks all the tough questions um, and who gets Winston Duke, who's a character who thinks he knows how things are supposed to go, um, but Zazie Beetz' character maybe kind of puts that into question and gives him a whole different perspective on just the way to look at the world and look at life. Yeah, for me, just a beautiful film, solid B-plus rating for me. Final thoughts before your rating? Oh uh, yeah, I got to give uh, this one a solid A. Uh, the score from Antonio Pinto with these low cellos and low basses yeah. is just gorgeous. So. Yeah, the movie is called Nine Days, and it is still in theaters. Uh, check it out uh, if you are so inclined. Uh, I'm glad that Thomas and I both got a chance to do that. Uh, we're going to take a quick uh, intermission. Uh, if if, uh, if Nikki plus Carol can push the right buttons and stop chewing that chewing gum, and uh, take us to a uh, break. Uh, we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Green Knight and old, uh, and this is uh, yeah old. And we're not talking about uh, Greg Tillman there. Uh, we're talking about old, the M Night Shyamalan movie, which Greg and I've had numerous conversations over the years about M Night Shyamalan. Uh, and hopefully, we'll also get to Disney Plus's What If. All that and maybe more right after this quick intermission. Thomas Manning there, Nolte Manning the second here. Hang around. We'll be right back. Won't you come and meet me at the movie? Hi, I'm Tim Foster from C19 TV. I'm Rob Brook from KTCBroadcasting.com. And I'm Fuvio Brooks from C19 TV Sports. Join us for Armchair Quarterback, What's in Store on the Gridiron in 2021. Cleveland County High School football fans are excited about getting back to a full season, and we will be here to break it all down. Every week, we look at all four Cleveland County High School football teams, conference foes Burns and Shelby, and conference foes Crest and Kings Mountain. 
We will look at what happened the week before and look ahead at what's coming up this week. We'll also do the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. Nobody covers Cleveland County football like armchair quarterback. Don't miss another great season right here on C19 TV. Between your job, your family, and other demands on your time, life can get pretty hectic. So we want you to take time for yourself. Hi, I'm Jennifer Harrell, and I want you to join me for your health. Each month, the Cleveland County Health Department and C19 TV will explore topics that affect you and your family's health. We'll discuss the importance of exercise, a healthy diet, and regular health screenings and checkups. From fitness tips to warning signs to the latest health care news, for your health will help keep you in shape and up to date in Cleveland County. We want you to be your best, so join us each month for your health. Right here on Spectrum Cable and online, c19.tv. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. If you have questions, get answers from a reliable source. CDC.gov. Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch it? Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Mang the second here, and I am going to nap during the last part of the show because Thomas has all the reviews, at least most of them. So Thomas, we're gonna go ahead and dive into it. Uh, the, uh, the first one is M. Night Shyamalan film. No, it's not. It's a film about this knight who is green. And uh, it's not the Green Lantern, it's the Green Knight. Our, our buddy, uh, Daryl Manziel, has been looking forward to this film for what, like 17 years or something? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Daryl's, what, like 55 years old, and I think he's been waiting his entire life for yeah. this moment. <laughs> he, he's been talking about yeah. it as long as we've known him. Yeah, yeah. So, The Green Knight, let's get this, uh, this medieval fantasy. Just give it to me. Though. All right, all right. So, this is actually based on a poem dating back to the 14th century. And uh, I don't think they had copyright laws back then. So, I think basically <laughs> this is in the public domain. Okay. Uh, so, written and directed by David Lowry, and um, it's, it's an Arthurian fantasy epic and uh, watching it almost feels like you're in some sort of dream world landscape it just feels very surreal and like you're on just another plane of existence um, the way that it's shot the cinematography captures natural locations in a way that I haven't seen since Lord of the Rings wow. um, and it's I, I don't know where exactly it was filmed but uh, I know Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand, and I was just reminded very much of those just picturesque and um, just kind of otherworldly quality to the images on screen. Um, 
parts of it are also oddly relaxing. Uh, you're setting off on this massive journey with this character. Um, it's a journey of it's a journey of honor, um, journey of more psychological and mental fortitude than it is physical fortitude. Okay. And um, it's a highly metaphorical film. Um, there's a lot of symbolism that you can dig into on repeat viewings. And um, but I would I will say for general audience members, uh, they might have a tough time getting into it just because okay. it's paced so slowly. It is it's a slow epic journey. Um, interesting, interestingly enough, the runtime is two hours and five minutes, but it felt like closer to three hours when I was watching it. Interesting. But I don't say that in a bad way. Okay. Um, it made the best use of that runtime and felt like you were um, experiencing everything this character was experiencing. And if it is a Dev Patel in the leader role. Yeah. He is not the Green Knight himself, but he is he is someone who is trying to prove his worth against the Green Knight, okay. who is this, you know, kind of fantasy, uh, fantasy creature of like, he's a it's the the effects on this creature. He's kind of a wood, wooden tree knight, anthropomorphic wooden so, tree knight. So if, if Groot became a knight, that's it. That's it. A knight, a knight, a kind of a murderous knight, I would say. Gotcha. So, so we have Dev Patel trying to prove his worth yeah. against this you know, creature of otherworldly fan, fantasy land. The kind of things gotcha. going on. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so as we hit award season, where do you think we're going to be hearing about this movie? Definitely cinematography. Um, that's where I can definitely see it landing in the um, Golden Globes and Oscars race. Um, as far as acting, um, I would love to see Dev Patel make a run for it, but uh, who knows? What, I know we've got a pretty stacked award yeah. season coming up. Um, and um, I do want to mention Alicia Vikander. In, uh, yes. you know, as a supporting actress, she might be someone to look at. Uh, she. I believe she won an Oscar a few years back, and uh, she might be another one to keep an eye on this time around. Okay, production design yeah. uh, as well, and costume design. Yeah, production and costume um, as a period piece like this. Um, it, pretty much any time you get a period piece, you know that costume production design team is going to bring their A game, and you definitely get that on this. Yeah, earlier in the break, uh, earlier before the break, we were talking about the film Nine Days and how that is kind of a thinking person's film uh, about life. Yeah. Uh, this one is a thinking person's fantasy, so would they yeah. make interesting double features maybe? Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you would probably be exhausted and just <laughs> uh, completely worn out at the end of them. But, um, you know, they're, they're both like two hours in runtime. Yeah. And uh, if you just had a ton of mental energy to throw at something, uh, then that would make a very, a very fascinating double feature for sure. Okay, The Green Knight, your rating for this? Uh, solid A for The Green Knight. Solid A for The Green Knight right here on the Meet Me at the Movies scorecard. And Nikki Bliss is, is jamming to the soundtrack for The Green Knight. It's no, it's not exactly party music. So, so she, yeah, was, yeah. she was probably jamming to something else. You probably, maybe the Suicide Squad <laughs> maybe soundtrack. Maybe the Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that does have yeah. a jamming soundtrack. Well, uh, there is a, another soundtrack that's not quite as jamming. Uh, and the, the movie is called Old. And uh, Greg Tillman and I have been going on for years about M. Night Shyamalan, how he's uh, he'll hit, he'll miss, he'll hit, he'll miss, and, and you just never know what you're going to get. There's a mixed bag, typically with M. Night Shyamalan. For Greg, it was, uh, it was a, a movie about this lady in water that really sent him, uh, you know, sent him scurrying off. For me, it was The Happening, uh, and then The Last Airbender. So the, he, had, he had two strikes for me. Uh, this movie, Old, is, is one that actually is, has done pretty decently at the box office. Uh, it's got some pretty decent reviews from fans uh, and from critics. 
So well, what say ye, Thomas Manning, film critic, about Yes, sir. This is written, directed, and produced by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, he makes, makes it a point to fund his own films uh, as much as he can. And uh, so he pretty much has full creative control to do whatever the heck he wants. And that can be sometimes a very good thing. Sometimes it can be not, not a great thing. But for <laughs> this, I do think it paid off. Uh, I think he could have used maybe a co-writer on this okay. uh, to clean up the script a little bit. But um, his, his chops as a director, especially yeah. from the technical, technical side of things, um, directing and working with his DP, with the cinematography, um, he's always just been able to do, craft such interesting and unique shots. And you get that with this, um, as you know, the, the plot line is um, a few families get stranded on a beach and they are aging, you know, about, I think like 10 years every 30 minutes, something along those lines. And um, there's a lot you can dig into with just the horrifying nature of time flying and you can do nothing about it. Yeah, and that's what happens on this show sometimes. People are like, man, I feel so, I feel like I just aged eons yeah. just by watching this show. Yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting that a beach is meant to be kind of a getaway. It's meant to be an escape, yeah. an escape from an escape from the world. Uh, but this, when you're trapped in a prison, right? Kind of a prison, the beach becomes a prison, and wow. um, it's you can't escape this one. It's yeah. um, it's quite quite horrifying what they're able to do, just from a philosophical perspective and um, from a physical perspective as well. Um, when you see you know people um, who they break a bone. Um, and then the bone instantly heals in place wherever wow. it was broken. Wow. You can just imagine the imagery there yeah. and how that's um, that can. Those okay. images will stick in your brain for a little bit, wow. bit after you watched it. So yeah, you mentioned the cinematography. Uh, Ian Seabrook uh, is had a pretty good summer. Uh, he did the uh, Snyder zombie film that's uh, on Amazon. Is it Amazon? Uh, Netflix, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Sorry, Netflix. Uh, he also did the underwater. Well, he did the underwater work for um, Jungle Cruise, and he also did the underwater work for M. Night Shyamalan here in Old. Yeah, yeah, um, and there are just a few sequences underwater, but they are pretty pivotal to the story and its progression, and um, he did a phenomenal job in that one sequence. Um, and you know, the rest of the cinematography was uh, Mike uh, Chulakis, I believe I uh, might have butchered his last name there, but <laughs> I'm doing my very best. <laughs> and um, just his, like, he used a very wide aspect ratio on this, you know, long and wide beach and um, just kind of developing this claustrophobic environment. Um, it's kind of hard to make a beach feel claustrophobic, but he does just that. Yeah, so, so um, rating for this or final thoughts as well? Oh, let's see, uh, solid B for this. Um, you know, it's got a great cast, um, great young cast as well, Alex Wolf and Thomas M. McKenzie, who we know yes. from uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Um, she's great in this. And, uh, you know, it's one that you kind of have to be on M. Night Shyamalan's wavelength as a, uh, as a creator to appreciate this. And I actually saw one of my friends and he was not a fan at all, but I liked it quite a bit. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I'm still okay. gonna give a solid B to old. Right. B rating for old that is in theaters now. Uh, we've got just a minute, Thomas, to cover the new uh, Disney Plus uh, MCU series, What If? Yeah, all right, so here's, here's a few pitches for you. Um, it takes concepts within the MCU of Hey, what if Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum instead of, uh, instead of uh, Steve Rogers? What if uh, T King T'Challa, or I guess Prince T'Challa, was abducted by Yondu and the Ravagers rather than Peter Quill? 
Or what if when Nick Fury was bringing together the Avengers Initiative, what if he hit a few speed bumps along the way and things didn't quite pan out? And uh, this is just, uh, you know, it's kind of a dream for people who have loved the MCU for so long. And um, it's just really delightful series. It's not going to win over any new fans for the MCU, yeah. but uh, those that like it, they're going to really appreciate it. And it is animated as well. Yeah. Uh, and Chadwick Boseman, one of his final yeah. performances and voice performances, he comes back as his character. Yeah, yeah, he, he voices uh, T'Challa, and it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. All right, what is your rating uh, for first three episodes of What If? Based on what I've seen, uh, A for What If. All right, yeah. A rating, What If, uh, and you can check that out uh, now uh, as the time that you are watching this. Uh, movie quote of the week. We're going to wrap things up right here on Meet Me at the Movies, as we always do with the movie quote of the week. Uh, this is Harley Quinn from The Suicide Squad. If I die because I gamble on love, it would be a worthy death. And I will say, thinking about The Suicide Squad, there are some great quotes uh, from, from that movie as well. Even as funny as it was, there's some great thought-provoking quotes uh, as well. well. One from the, the Rat, Rat King one. or Rat Catcher. Rat Catcher yeah. one. So uh, check that out uh, if, if you get a chance. Uh, well, we appreciate you all, as always, for, for taking the time to be with us. Thomas Manning, thank you. Uh, we appreciate uh, Nikki Bliss Carroll for uh, helping us in Mission Control to run the show. And, and you did a, a magnificent job. Uh, Greg Tillman, wherever you are, man, uh, thank you. I, I know you're around there somewhere. Uh, you know, maybe you're um, looking at some more M. Night Shyamalan movies. We'll wait and see. Until next time, for Noel Team Manning II and for the cast and crew right here on Meet Me in the Movies, that's a wrap. Many films to view until we meet. Again. Next time we see you